It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. So it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer. Heading in to week six of the NFL season. Hard to believe we are already five weeks through the season. So let's get to it as always. I'd like to welcome in my guy, the man who I am incredibly jealous of because he's going to see David Byrne tonight. And that is going to be freaking awesome. The man, the myth, the legend. You can follow his work over at footballguys.com. Co-owner over there, of course, the Audible eight days a week with Cecil Lamian on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. The man, the myth, the legend, as I said, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. What's up, brother? Oh, it's going to be a great night, a great week of NFL football. And uh, I, I haven't had a letdown yet seeing David Byrne. I haven't had a letdown yet in the 2018 NFL season for spine tingling NFL action. I love that. Anyone who can put David Byrne in the 2018 NFL season in the same sentence is, uh, is a man I can get down with. Uh, you will definitely have fun tonight. I saw David Byrne a long time ago. I'm sure you've seen him as well. He is among the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Musical geniuses yeah. that are on this Beyond music. Right I, here's how I would sum up David Byrne. Um, he's, it's like an a- alien who is watching us taking copious notes and <laughs> art forms to explain us to ourselves. Uh, that is about the best David Byrne description I have ever heard. That is why Sigmund is the man. And uh, as always, we will dive through the entire slate and later have a little bit of fun going inside Sigmund's mind. Uh, this week, Sigmund, we have a couple buys, Detroit and New Orleans. So some legit fantasy relevant players on that team. So hopefully we can help some people out with bye week fill-ins and all that. Let's start it off with tonight's game. Of course, uh, certainly the most relevant to me and my peeps as the uh, Philadelphia Eagles reeling a little bit, heading in to take on a Giants team that is even more dysfunctional at the moment. Sigmund, what do you think about this Thursday nighter? Well, we want to see if Alshon Jeffrey is going to bounce back. You know, this is a game I'm sure Eagles fans, your listeners remember even last year on the Super Bowl march, even without Odell Beckham, the Giants 
always played the Eagles tough last year, and they were really good games for Eli Manning. Uh, but on the Eagles side, you know, we're looking for that Alshon Jeffrey bounce back. Seeing how the backfield shakes out, although it may be temporary, we may see a different name in that backfield next week. Ooh-hoo-hoo. We'll see. We'll see. Hearing lots of names floating around there. But for this week, I'd say Smallwood over Clement. If you have to go with one, but I don't know that I would necessarily dig too deep into the Eagles backfield. Uh, the Giants are good against the run. And uh, you know, I, I continue to hope that Dallas Goddard gets a bigger role going forward on the Giants side. We know that Beckham's going to be a weak winner. We know that Sterling Shepard's going to have a big week, at least based on the trailing indicators from last year. And uh, a third option, Saquon Barkley now. Uh, it, it, they did not have Barkley last year in, in these back-and-forth games they had. So no Evan Ingram, but I think between Barkley and Shepard and Beckham, the Eagles secondary, which continues to be exposed, uh, they'll have their hands full. Yeah, I'm with you. See, when you nailed it, uh, I mean, every, any Eagles fan who's listening knows how well you nailed it. Eli's actually two best games of the season, both against the Eagles last year. Uh, this defense has trouble with Eli, the quick release, all that type of stuff. So um, I'm with you. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one on Thursday night. All right, let's uh, let's dive into the Sunday slate. Not the best pack of games, but we got some fun ones. Let's start it off with a... Uh, Potential loser leave town match in the uh, in the NFC South as the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at two and two, but reeling off that loss to the Bears before their bye, coming in to face a Falcons team that I don't know if anyone thought they'd be one and four right now. Sigmund, a lot of fantasy relevant players in this one too. What do you think about this one? Yeah, play everybody right. There's a few yeah. on the slate uh, on Sunday that look like bet the over no matter how high the, the total is on the Tampa side we're going to be watching to see how this offense is, is the pie as big as it was with Ryan Fitzpatrick and how is it distributed so Deshaun Jackson uh, it looks like OJ Howard might be back I'm not sure I'd plug him in but I guess a tight end uh, beggars can't be choosers so even OJ Howard with a brace is probably worth playing in that puts a little damper on uh, Cameron Bray because we know he has that connection with Jameis Winston in the red zone. But Al's Adam Humphrey's going to figure in. Is Chris Godwin's value going to continue to wane? Uh, And how big are the weeks going to be for Mike Evans? I'd say we're interested in the backfield and how Ronald Jones does, but I don't know that Tampa's running game is going to get off the ground. For Atlanta, this offense, because of how bad the defense is, because at least until last week, how Matt Ryan was playing, can support all three receivers being in your lineup. That includes Matt Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper. Tampa's one of the worst defenses against tight ends, so Hooper was good against the Steelers. He could be a good play again this week. But as you said, the real football uh, implications here with Atlanta, a team that just was so close to winning the Super Bowl, you don't want to be talking about being eliminated from the playoffs, even if it's not truly mathematically, in October. But that's where they are. Yeah, one and five in that division would be really, really hard to come back from. Those, you know, obviously uh, going to be tough games in the division there as well. So with you there, Sigmund. All right, uh, another NFC South team competing against a uh, a team from the woeful NFC East right now. Sigmund, the NFC is not looking quite as good as uh, the Panthers coming off a bye and facing a Washington team that is uh, playing off Monday night, a short rest versus a long rest. How do you see this one playing out? Well, we know that the Carolina offense is coming into focus now. Uh, we see Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, actually uh, Greg Olson's back. So all these things converge at Cam Newton. I'm not sure if there's anybody we're going to pick out to play from the passing game, but we saw Washington just get run ragged by Drew Brees, and they're kind of coming back home with their tail between their legs. A first-place team in the division, though. 
Eagles fans. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, first yeah. place in the NFC East. Oh, looks like they lost forty-three to nineteen in their first place. Yeah, it's great. Thing. It's it's strange, but you know, Christian McCaffrey, Washington's tough against the run. Uh, they're a tougher defense at home. We thought they were a pretty tough defense going into that Week Five Monday Night game. You know, McCaffrey, we'll see. You know, one game he has a big game as a receiver. One game is a big game as a runner. Finds a way to score a touchdown last week. Finds a way to those running back one numbers for us. On the Washington side, you wonder because Alex Smith is just – you feel that one thing you would count on him is just impeccable execution, and that's not even really happening now. So what is there in this offense that we really want to mine? Uh, Chris Thompson, speaking of cheap PPR points at the running back position, we did see Jameson Crowder getting a lot of deep shots. Paul Richardson's banged up, so maybe Crowder becomes a little more interesting. He's not just a slot receiver, although you'd prefer him getting those five, seven, eight-yard routes with setting him up for the run-after-catch ability. I'm not sure where that part of the offense went because he can win those matchups in the slot. You know, Carolina's defense secondary might be where you want to attack them. We know that Alex Smith's not going to attack them with outside receivers, so Jordan Reed, you know, he looked good chasing down an interception return. But hmm. I'm not sure where he is. Uh, Adrian Peterson's banged up. So maybe first place, not for long. Uh, if they can't hold serve at home and Carolina is, is doing the same thing they did last year, just finding a way to win. Yeah. See, when we could very easily, if, if the Eagles can't handle business tonight, we could easily have a, uh, a sub 500 team in first place after the this Dallas week. Cowboys, even. Oh, God. Don't even start with me saying we'll get to them coming up. Also, I made a mistake there. I forgot the Panthers had their bye two weeks ago. How could I forget Graham Gano? Wow, that was so great. There's nothing better than seeing the Giants lose. How about that? Back-to-back years with the Jake Elliott one two years ago, or last year or whatever, and then Gano, the Giants have lost on last second 60-plus yard field goals in back-to-back years. You can't make that up. Um, all right, uh, let's head out to the West Coast. This game, I don't think very exciting from a fantasy perspective, nor from a real-life perspective, but uh, what can you take out of the Seahawks heading into phase on the Raiders segment? Yeah, the Raiders are swirling down the drain, down the toilet right now. Who could have seen this coming? Yeah, right. Las Vegas or bust. Uh, Seattle, uh, it's, it's the backfield. Chris Carson. They just need a pass rush segment. You didn't know John Gruden is very yeah. happy to tell everyone. Pass, they, need a pa- they don't need Khalil Mack. They just need a pass rush. Yeah, it's hard to find. Um, <laughs> you're trusting the Seattle running game. Chris Carson and Mike Davis, even who looks like he's the goal line back there. And you think they should have a pretty easy time of it in London running the ball. And that really depresses the ceiling for Russell Wilson. We, Doug Baldwin, we're probably not playing, but at least want to see a sign of life going into there by Tyler Lockett finds a way to sneak behind the defense. So he's still in your wide receivers reflex spot. David Moore, we're seeing if he comes on. Even Nick Vanette against Oakland. If you're having to scrape the waiver wire for a tight end, maybe you go with Nick Vanette here on the Oakland side. Speaking of tight ends, you're going to play Jared Cook. Because, I mean, even though he's – the whole era is pointing out for the whole Oakland offense. Marshawn Lynch, I love him. If you're not giving him the ball to one, what are you doing? And are you going to play him yeah. against Seattle's run? Daryl Bevel Daryl Bevel would like to, uh, to question right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's truly, Amari um, Cooper, you know, you're rolling the dice with him. Jordy Nelson. Uh, Martavis Bryant's getting enough targets and even converting some big plays, but Derek Carr's not playing well. They've got two rookie tackles. I don't know if Kalechi Osemele is going to be back. So this offensive line is a weakness. This whole team really is a weakness right now. And Seattle, uh, even if there is such a thing as a moral victory in the NFL, they had that last week against the Rams, and I expect them to continue the momentum this week. 
A lot of potential loser leave town matches this week, Sigmund. Uh, that being one, let's go to another flipping to the East Coast here as the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who have lost a lot of close ones, but now sitting at one and four, facing a Jets team that potentially saving Todd Bowles' job for another week last week. What do you think about this one? Not a ton of excitement from a fantasy perspective, I would think. I don't know, actually. This could be sneaky shootout segment. Sneaky shootout. So let's look on. First of all, when the Colts have the ball, Andrew Luck's going to throw the ball 50 times. So in PPR leagues, you have all these backdoor uh, covers, guys like Naeem Hines, although Marlon Mack is going to be back this week, Chester Rogers, um, of course, Eric Ebron, although I'm really interested in Eric Swope. Just pile that name away, basketball convert, tight end. You've long been an Eric Swope guy, yeah. Sigmund. And he's just been banged up. His knee's been a problem. Two years ago, he was poised to be the number two tight end whenever Dwayne Allen got traded to the Patriots, and maybe that's coming around now with Jack Doyle. But you know, it's not just 50 passes. It's not like Joe Flacco throwing 50 passes. It's Andrew Luck throwing 50 passes against the Jets defense. So I would expect there to be you know, six, seven receptions for at least uh, Ryan Graham might be another one. Uh, cheap points in PPR leagues and maybe the ability to move the balls. The Jets still lack uh, legitimate edge rushers. Uh, and then on the Jets side, you have a Colts defense. They're going to get Darius Leonard back, hopefully going to get Anthony Walker back. But the secondary is just totally decimated. Quincy Nunwa should win his one-on-one matchups. Robbie Anderson should win his one-on-one matchups. And you have Isaiah Crowell, who every run could be an 80-yard touchdown run for him. Bilal Powell, this offensive line is gelling. This offense is gelling right now. So this could be the sleeper shootout. And I do think with that in mind, you think about game scripts and how these games can kind of get out of hand. And this is one. And speaking, getting back to 500 or teams, it's... Interesting that the Jets could be not just saving Todd Bowles' job, but mm-hmm. but three and three. And it's funny. You look at the Raiders and you look at their roster and you say, well, this is what you expect. You look at the Jets roster and you weren't expecting this. So Todd Bowles and company getting more out of less with the rookie quarterback. Yeah, Darnold's look good. I like Darnold. And uh, if maybe Quincy and Newman could not put up a goose egg again this week. It certainly helped me out, Sigmund. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, another list uh, one. I think certainly less exciting from both a fantasy perspective and a real life perspective, but some notable names here, the Cardinals heading in to take on a Viking squad, kind of saving their season in Philly this past week. What do you think about this one? Yeah. Josh Rosen, not necessarily elevating his team as a rookie. Uh, Was he 10 for 25? So we can go back to the Buffalo trip to Minnesota and how we were all surprised. I don't know that Arizona is going to repeat that kind of performance. I don't think that anyone's going to sneak up on Minnesota at home this time as their win at Philadelphia really helped them catch their breath and reboot the, a season that you know, was slipping a little bit. You play David Johnson, but you have lowered expectations. See if Christian Kirk, Ricky Seals-Jones, Frank, Larry Fitzgerald can start to generate something, but you're not trusting any of them. You're trusting the Minnesota defense. Uh, you're also trusting, of course, Adam Thielen, uh, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Rudolph. We'll see about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's back. I think your best bet is as a receiver, not as a runner, although Arizona's run defense this week. It may be more Latavius Murray. Maybe this offense can support both of these running backs this week in PPR leagues if Minnesota controls the game. And the other thing I'll be watching here is when these teams played two years ago, I'm not saying bench Stephon Diggs, but Patrick Peterson was shadowing Stephon Diggs and really contained him, which could be you know Adam Thielen catching passes for 200 yards this week hmm. going against Ben Ben Wickery exactly 
Yeah, I, I don't think Eagles fans want to hear anything about Adam Thielen catching passes right now. I'll tell you that much, Sigmund. All right, uh, we got a good one here. Uh, your Steelers heading in to take on a Bengals team that's 4-1 and one right now. A lot of fantasy-relevant players in this one. A lot of important AFC impact in this one as well. What do you think about your Steelers heading in to take on the Bengals? Another one of these AFC North battles where you're measuring the game as much in injured players as you are in the score yeah. on the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you play all the hits here. I mean, Ben to Brown, the Wi-Fi is back uh, connected. Ben to Juju. Uh, and of course, James Connor, who's not going to go away if Le'Veon Bell is back after the week eight bye. And it, almost a mirror image on the other side. Andy Dalton looks like a Good, solid play at home. Steelers defense still doesn't scare me, even though they were putting pressure on Matt Ryan last week. Joe Mixon is back. A.J. Green, Steelers don't have anybody. You can check A.J. Green. It could be a massive day for him. The Bengals are smartly moving him into the slot more. And Tyler Boyd could be better, although A.J. Green in the slot takes away some prime opportunities for Tyler Boyd. C.J. Uzoma, if you have to go to the waiver wire, Steelers, another team terrible at defending the tight end. It was Austin Hooper 9 for 77 against them last week. So if you have to go to the waiver wire for tight end, C.J. Uzoma could be an answer for you. All right, Sigmund, another fun one here. As uh, How about those Browns, Sigmund? How about those Browns? They're hosting a Chargers team that also can put up some points as well. This could be a fun one too. Yeah, difficult to decipher. You know, the Chargers are happy no one's paying attention to them. They're 3-2 and two and they've lost to the Rams and Chiefs. So that's not bad. Yeah, uh, not bad at all, especially without Bosa. Coming east, early start, uh, but you hope that Rivers regulates this offense with the, the running through the running backs, uh, Gordon and Eckler, who's a perpetual flex play, and then waiting for uh, that big Keenan-Allen game, if he can come on as the season goes on, like he did last year. But a tough Browns defense at home, and every team in the AFC North should feel like they can win the cha- the the playoffs, so the title, the division title, go to the playoffs and host a playoff game. And the Browns are no different. So you, this will, we'll see where they measure up. They won a hard fought divisional game last week against the Ravens. And in this game without Rashad Higgins, maybe it could be uh, a Jarvis Landry game. We're always waiting to see if Nick Chubb is going to cut into Carlos Hyde's work. David Njoku is probably your best pick here, especially considering the competition at tight end. And it looks like Baker Mayfield is starting to understand you throw the ball just anywhere around him. He's going to make things happen. Yeah, I didn't even put it together until you just talked about it, though, Sigmund. But the AFC North, the only division without a losing team. Um, so you're right. All, all four of those teams squarely in it right now. All right, uh, let's get back to the stinkers because we got another one here. Maybe the biggest stinker on the day, certainly from a real-life NFL perspective. Um, some fantasy-relevant players, at least on one side of the ball here. What do you think about the Bills heading in to take on the Texans? Texas defense. Start that Texas defense. I mean, we can't necessarily time when the Bills are going to show up and be a competitive team, but when they're not. So weird, man. It's They're, they're either competitive or just god-awful. It gets you into some sort of squishy stuff about the mass psychology of a team, the collective consciousness and psychology of a team and how they can feed off of things like disrespect or they can feed off mm-hmm. of things like moment. I mean, once there was that turnover early against the Titans last week, the whole complexion of that game changed because the bills could play like four corners, you know, like a, a bas- college basketball style where you're just slowing down. Like, it's like ba- basketball before the shot clock, you know? Um, yeah. But on the Texan side, I mean, you're still going to play Deshaun Watson, even though the defensive matchup's a little tougher. I just hope he stops taking all those hits. You're still going to play DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is long 
long as he has a good week of practice. Kiki QT, as long as he has a good week of practice. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch this Texas. It's offense. fun to say his name. It it's fun to watch him all that. You were again the first time I ever heard the name was from your lip segment. Yeah. So I'm digging Kiki. We're going to be hearing that a lot more. It's the role he's playing in this offense, it's especially against the Bills, you're putting more pressure on the quarterback in a tough run defense. Uh, it, it could be another game, six, seven, eight catches for QT in this one, and the Texans getting up off the deck. And, you know, they can get a little winning streak going here. This is a team that if they were to scratch and scrape their way to a playoff berth, I don't think anybody would want to have to play Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and that defense, though, hasn't, you know, been firing in all cylinders at all times. Certainly talent-laden. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, speaking of talent-laden defenses, potentially the best defense in football so far this season, the Chicago Bears, they are coming off a of bye week, Sigmund, uh, heading in to face the uh, Dolphins, another one of those teams that might be bad, might be good certain weeks. You really don't know what to make of them. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, maybe not a ton of relevant guys in this one, but what do you think about this game? First of all, you're James, are you old enough that if I say to you, Bears at Dolphins, that there's an immediate image that pops into your head? Yeah, well, I'm not quite old enough, but I, I've seen the videos. I remember the, yeah. the Marino and the, the Bears and all those guys, sure. Because I just like to tell the youngins out there that as far as a regular season game goes, in my lifetime, I don't remember a bigger regular season game than the undefeated Bears going to Miami to preserve the honor yep. of the 72 Dolphins. Uh, that was just it, – it had the feel around it of a heavyweight title fight but it was a NFL Monday night football game. It was incredible. This one, maybe not so incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to see Trubisky and this Bears offense coming out of the bye because it seemed like they really were having trouble getting everything together until they played the Bucks. Was it just because it was the Bucks defense? Or can they persist some of these things, including the Smurfs there, more 80s references, uh, Tariq Cohen hmm. and Taylor I'll take Gabriel. them all segment. Keep yeah. them coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, but I mean, the Smurfs in, a foot, in terms of a football reference, not one that any Philly fans want to revisit. No, very good point. Very good point. But um, So, you know, we'll see. Allen Robinson might be locked up with Xavier Howard, so it could be more Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel. How about Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen? How's that split going to work? Is Mitchell Trubisky going to earn his way into our circle of trust for quarterback streaming with another good game? Again, so Miami defense that actually played very well despite being shorthanded last week. It was the Bengals defense that won the game for them in that one. But Miami's offense is in straight-up meltdown mode. Hey, Adam Gase is like... I, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like Adam Gase offenses are like the football version of Mad Libs, you know, just picks <laughs> plays and, and packages and stuff out. It of the makes air. no sense. Yeah. yeah like Kenyon Drake obviously had a decent week last week, but probably their most talented yeah. skill player. And he barely touches the ball and the first five so weeks of the good. season. You know, you can watch there's a play last week with Kenyon Drake, like chips someone hard out of the backfield, catches the ball in like third, 17 or 15 deep in his own end, makes a couple of guys miss. Bowers over another guy and gets the first down. And you're thinking that guy, maybe he doesn't need to touch the ball 25 times a game, but he should be touching the ball a lot more than he is. But you're not trying to get out ahead of rational coaching here for Adam Gase. So everything is just these microcosms where Gase gets the team. I think earlier in the season we were talking about that Brian Tannehill was on a 10-1 and or 11-1 and streak. And maybe the next 11 games he'll go 1-10 and because yeah. this one is looking rough. Yeah, it's believable, man. And uh, let's go from Adam Gase, supposed offensive genius, to 
what looks like a real offensive genius, Sean McVay taking his Rams in to face the Broncos. The Rams coming off a, uh, you know, the the fourth and one gutsy call, kind of a galvanizing win there over the Seahawks have been the best team in football so far, but going into Denver is never the easiest thing to do. Uh, is this just uh, start all your Rams no matter what? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, they're too good. How can, see, I mean, they're just too good right now. And the Broncos are bad. The Broncos defense is so bad. There's going to be a lot of bloodletting coming in that organization. Uh, so we're going to see about Cooper Cup. We're going to see about um, Brandon Cooks and their concussions. If Cooks can't go look for Josh Reynolds to be an interesting guy. If uh, Cup can't go, Gerald Everett, the tight end, could be interesting. And on the Denver side... Case Keenum did what he did last week, mostly in garbage time. I think the first touchdown was set up by a turnover. Um, of course, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, he's looking okay. You know, these are wide receivers, reflex types. If you have to, in a pinch, play Philip Lindsay as you're running back to, it feels like the pieces of this offense, they should be doing a lot more. And maybe if they replace Case Keenum with Chad Kelly, they could. That could be a change coming on the horizon here. All right. Uh, this one uh, could be a really nice. NFL football game, but feels like it's going to be ugly to watch. Sigmund, tell me I'm wrong. The Ravens heading in to take on the Titans. No, ugly. Ugly. This is like yeah. a regular <laughs> wrestling match here, especially the way both of these offenses played last week. So this is when, what was it, uh, Cleveland-Baltimore was like 12-9, and I mean, that's the game yep. we're looking at here. You still, Corey Davis has a tough matchup against Jimmy Smith. You're still going to play him. You know, we're watching guys like Taewon Taylor in the backfield and Marcus Mariota to see signs of life after there was some signs of life. Another offense that doesn't seem to have an identity. Uh, Matt LaFleur maybe not the genius that Sean McVay, his boss last year, is in terms of mm-hmm. offensive football, not yet. Joe Flacco, we were just starting to trust him, and then he looks terrible against Cleveland, even with the high volume. You're still going to play John Brown. If his floor games where it isn't quite clicking are four for 58, then you know it's going to come through. Uh, the big games are still going to be there. He looks just magnificent. I love the way that he plays. I love that he's back and he's staying healthy. The backfield, it's difficult to decipher. You know, Devorius Allen has a little higher floor in a PPR league. Alex Collins still looks good. But he's not getting the volume that he's gotten. So, yeah, th- this one is – we can remember these games uh, between Baltimore and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Back whenever Baltimore had the Ray Lewis defense and Tennessee had Steve McNair. These were incredible, hard-fought games. Not good games for offensive football, though. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to see as well. Speaking of not good games for offensive football, I mentioned the Cowboys before – that offense is bad, Sigmund. Alan Hearns came out today and was blasting the play calling. Um, so things are great in Dallas. Uh, facing a Jaguars team coming off a, a rough loss and uh, Bortles with four picks. That's an offense that's Jekyll and Hyde as well. Is this, say, uh, another defensive battle here, Sigmund? Yeah, very likely. I mean, Jacksonville, after last week, doesn't want to put anything in Blake Bortles' hands. And they've got four receivers now with T.J. Chark. Uh, T.J. Yeldon will be solid. But, man, those Dallas linebackers. Sorry to say something nice about the Cowboys on this show. <laughs> but the linebackers, oh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Banderesh last week against the Texans. Uh, at least Yeldon, because of his involvement as a receiver, should still be a solid start. But I don't expect there to be much going for the Jags. And they don't want to leave their neck out too far with Blake Bortles playing terrible. And there's no neck to stick out in the Cowboys passing game. And Ezekiel Elliott, could he, what did he have last week against the Texans? Like 20 carries for 50-some yards. I mean, that's what we're looking at in this one. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty easy to decide which games you want to watch in the afternoon and which games we're going to move on from pretty quickly. All right, speaking of games that we're all going to watch, easily, by far, the, the top game on the slate this week, the one we're all most excited for, flex to Sunday night. Those 5-0 and high-flying Kansas City Chiefs taking on 
Tom Brady and the Patriots? Is it as simple as start everyone segment? Pretty much, although, you know, DFS and some other things are going to try to be a little finer point with some analysis here. So based on our history with the Patriots, you know, this feels like a cut the Chiefs down to size kind of game. But I don't think the Patriots have the horses on defense to do that. I do think you're going to see Bill Belichick decide to take one player between Kelsey and Hill out. Um, It seems to me like it's easier probably to bracket Kelsey than it is to devote players to Hill who can still shake free. Sammy Watkins is the one guy I think that they're not going to be able to take away. I don't think that it's going to be a big Kareem Hunt game, but I wouldn't be afraid of playing Patrick Mahomes in this one. I wouldn't be afraid of playing Hiller Kelsey, but I do think you're going to see one of them have a bigger game and one of them be the focus of the defensive game plan. On the Patriots side, you wonder, and even though shoot out, shoot out, shoot out, play everybody, would it make sense for the Patriots to run the ball 35 or 40 times in this game, slow it down? You can run on, you can run all day on the Chiefs, right? This is interesting. I like this thought. What's the best? Sony Michelle's look good lately. Yeah, and and even these James White short passes are basically like runs, and you you grind out these 12, 13, 14 play drives, which should be pretty easy against the Chiefs defense. You keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. That's the best way to stop him, and you put more pressure on him for each individual possession. So I think it's going to be Sony Michelle and James White again, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. Of course, you're going to play, but with Julian Edelman back, who's still a solid PPR play with Josh Gordon back, who's got that wide receiver three flex upside. If you're going to attack the chief secondary, you're going to attack their outside corners. That's Josh Gordon. Maybe, you know, post hype Gordon, right? We were so amped whenever Gordon went to the Patriots and now that's kind of calmed down. But at that moment, we all had visions of Randy Moss from 2007. Gordon's not going to do that, but this could be the game in prime time where maybe he catches two long touchdowns. And then we start feeling like we have to put Gordon in our lineup every week, but pure entertainment factor. This game is fantastic. The NFL schedule yeah. makers, they've done a lot of favors for us in this one because we're going to get to see the Rams and the Chiefs in Mexico City, actually. We're going to yes. get to see the Bears and the Rams. You know, we're going to get to see some of these matchups so that we can see how these teams are measuring up in the regular season to set up the playoff drama. Yeah, I love this one. I'm so with you. We've obviously had some fun Patriots-Chiefs games in the past. It does always feel like sometimes one way or the other, one of the two blows the other out. Um, but uh, I think this is going to be a great one. And I think it's a great point about them running the ball, controlling the clock, finding a way to kind of mitigate the Chiefs offense through ball control. I think that's uh, if it works, it could be a formula to, to tackle the Chiefs. All right, one more game on the slate before we go inside your mind segment, the Monday Nighter game that maybe if the Jimmy Garoppolo injury hadn't happened, we'd be really looking forward to. But I think a lot of people not nearly as excited, but... Uh, nonetheless, the Niners heading in to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Lambeau. Um, what do you think about this one? For the Niners, George Kittle. Hey, you know. Uh, hey, yeah, the Iowa connection. Al- Alfred Morris will at least get maybe some volume. Kyle Yushik, everyone can learn how to spell name. Uh, the Packers <laughs> yeah, side. Right? Good luck. Yeah, we'll see if Geronimo Allison's back. It's a Monday night game, so if he's a game-time decision, that makes things a little rougher. Likewise, if he was going to be out, then we like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But you know Devontae Adams is going to get slowed down. And Aaron Rodgers was starting to come on. There was a couple of strip sacks against the Lions, but the Lions didn't really stop him. There's some missed field goals, so many missed field goals. Nightmarish game for Mason Crosby. So it wasn't really like the Lions shut him down or anything like that. And there's no way that 49ers are going to slow him down. So this could be a massive Aaron Rodgers week. Uh, Maybe Jimmy Graham. uh, And maybe 
the week we're ho- waiting for with Aaron Jones because we're going to be frustrated banging our heads up against this three-headed backfield. Aaron Jones is so clearly the best runner in this backfield. And, and if they get into a salt-the-game-away mode in the second half, it could be a massive Aaron Jones Monday night. From your lips to God's ears, Sigmund, please give me some Aaron Jones love. It's one of those spots where he's just so much better than Jamal Williams. It is crazy to me. Anyone with eyes can see it. All right, follow his work at uh, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter, footballguys.com, the audible with Cecil Lemmy. It is that time we go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. A, uh, a classic four-pack of questions here, Sigmund. Not too deep, a little deep. But, uh, but mostly a fun four-pack here. Let's start it off, Sigmund. Question number one. What is your favorite non-sports topic to discuss? Hmm. I mean, the, the easy answer is music. You know, we were talking, we always talk a lot about music. <laughs> it's what we talk about for um, sure. But the, the other, I would say, is just, um, how would I, how could I put this? Everything. Or, or, or <laughs> it, 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 you like that? No, I like the, that. The, the sprawling topic. So I'll, I'll, I'll go off on a tangent here, but um, the last season of Anthony Bourdain's airing right now, and there is a fantastic episode from Indonesia, truly mesmerizing and immersive. And it got into the basic idea in Indonesian culture that even though they have all these different belief systems, that the one thing they all share is that this world is the illusion and it's the, the surface of the real reality um, and they got into sh- the shadow um, play that is one of the main forms of entertainment there and just the idea that the, you know there's the gods and there's the demons and in between there's us and these kinds of topics that's what I'm talking about check out that Indonesia board game uh, fantastic one of the best episodes of either series any amazing series he's put together so uh, I, that that's my big tip for the week I love that. Everything is such a perfect answer, too, and I I 100% get what you're saying. All right, question number two, completely uh, different type of question, but which mythical creature do you wish actually existed? Oh, man. Um, There's a whole bunch of them uh, in my head at once. Um, I mean, I always feel like on the heels of that question that I don't even need to say wish they existed because they do exist. Or, yes. or at the very least, well, you know, again, I'm. I, this is all going to be this special from the uh, uh, Indonesia Anthony Brain episode. But the idea that heaven and hell are allegories, and they're really places that exist on the mortal plane. All of these mythological creatures, I think, you and I and everybody we know, summon these or embody these things at different times. But I'm always a big fan of the trickster, you know, Cocapelli mm-hmm. or, yeah. or Japan or whoever you want it, whichever mythology. Yeah from i love the trickster i love this is this is not pg-13 right i can say the shit stir you could say whatever the fuck you want Sigmund. that's great well i'm just used to you know you understand james once you're on the air for a certain amount of time and you have that uh, barrier because totally pop, you have to I, I just i work in radio live radio <laughs> you know i'm with you you have so, to so yeah the, the shit stirs that's that the, the if i had a sports team and i had to pick the, the mascot for them the tricksters absolutely that's terrific. All right, two more, Sigmund. Uh, this one is a, a fun one, I think. Okay. Um, the world is ending if you don't make the right call here. You need to get a laugh out of an alien, a person, whatever it is. The one way that you could save the world is to get a laugh. And you can have anyone in the history of the world tell the joke to get that laugh. Who's telling the joke? 
Mm. Man, because this is what, so what's tough about this one is I would say like if I was the one who had to laugh, that would make it easy. And I could line it up. Sure. But um, if it's if it's just and I have no idea who it is, I'm going to say Robin Williams. I'm going to say Robin Williams because I can remember seeing the Robin Williams stand up from the late 70s and early 80s when he was fueled by things a lot of people were fueled by during that time. Totally. And, and you know, he's going through things like, uh, oh my God, tell me. I mean, just like it was coming so fast. and Like stream of consciousness. Oh, man. Almost. Yeah. Like people, it wasn't even hecklers or anything like that. Like someone would just make a little murmur in the crowd and he would turn that into something else. And uh, as a kid, I can just remember being... To- totally in stitches and I didn't even know why I didn't even know what I was laughing at so I've got to say Robin Williams it's a great answer it's a great answer rest I think I would have gone way, rest in peace. yeah absolutely I think I would have gone Eddie Murphy peak Eddie Murphy yeah um, yeah although you know what's interesting about him is and this is just a thing of being in this era a lot of his comedy now we go back and we say mm. oh yeah we go back and we're like ooh, that's not great yeah we hear it with it's a good point we hear it with different ears now although absolutely when delirious and raw came out i think i was Ugh. seven or eight when delirious came out like maybe eight nine or ten and we we, we basically recite that and speak in that language for months afterwards i still can segment i could still recite that yeah. stuff. all right um, last question. I, I really love this question. I love the way I've phrased it. I think it is a very fun question to ask you. I think you have a good answer for it. So, Sigmund, what's the best story ever told? Mm. 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 See, you. this was all, we were on the same wave. <laughs> I should say rest in peace for Anthony Bourdain, too. Oh, man, the best story ever told. Mm. 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 I mean, again, I, I come back to that, the story of the trickster, basically the story of how um, we couldn't leave well enough alone. You know, um, it could, there's so many variations on it, you know, Icarus flying too close to the sun or eating from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, you know, and, and the, and the, the point of those stories, I think, is not don't do that. Okay. The point of those stories is that's us. That's what's in us. That's our that's our special sauce, you know? <laughs> that we can't leave things alone. Yep. No matter what the warnings are. And in fact, if you tell us you can go every, anywhere except behind that door, then we're just going to obsess about that door until we find out what's behind it. So I think it's just the this, this story, the story that we're watching live out right now and sometimes grim and gruesome and sad. But it's the, the story of how human beings were given that this and we can't leave well enough alone and what comes out of it is incredible beautiful moments art um you know t- 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 emotion love like human togetherness and lots of other things the shadows cast by those things too but it's just the story of us basically dealing with boredom i love it segment this is my favorite favorite time of the week as i always say and um uh, inside the mind of your mind is my uh, my favorite part of that week. So as always, thank you uh, again at Sigmund Bloom, the audible uh, with Cecil Lamy and of course, footballguys.com. We will get our David Byrne report next week as well. Sigmund, thank you as always. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Indeed, Sigmund, such a blast to talk to you every week and we will be doing it 
again next week as we get into week seven. Crazy how quick this season is moving along. Until then, good luck, everyone, in your week six matchups. If you have any questions, lineup, start, sit, all that type of stuff, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at James Seltzer, at Sigmund Bloom. Until then, again, good luck this weekend, and no birds! (laughs) 